Shannon here, and welcome to the Team Success Podcast. Today, our topic is five tips for top-notch teamwork. I had a lot of fun coming up with these, especially with my support partner, Nicole, because teamwork is something I think about pretty much day in, day out. It's what I'm passionate about, what I care about. And there definitely are some ground rules and some values that are really closely tied to that. So I want to share the top five that we've come up with. I'm sure there are lots and lots of others, and I'd love to have a discussion about that. Feel free to leave comments. Here are the top five, though, that we came up with. So number one, know thyself. I'll explain that a little bit. Number two, be in constant conversation. Number three, be always really clear on the context and the result, which is the why and the what. Be real. And number five, be open. So let's dive deep into know thyself. And I've actually done a whole podcast on this topic. So if you want a little bit more info, feel free to re-listen to that one again. The first part of really great teamwork is understanding who you are, how you operate, how your personality plays out, how you strive, how you problem solve, what your own value system is. If you're unaware of those things, it makes it incredibly challenging to appreciate those things about other people. And great teamwork really requires that we know and that we appreciate how others work, how their personalities play out, how they strive and problem solve, what values they share. When you have language and words for that, then you can have a conversation about it, which is our next one. I'll get to in just a moment. Before I get there, though, I want to share with you some of my very favorite profiles because profiles for me are the things that give language, that give words to how we do things, to what we do and why we do them. And when you have common language with people, which is what profiles give you, then you have, again, that basis for the conversation. So most people know my very, very favorite and first go-to profile is called Colby, K-O-L-B-E dot com. Go on to Colby, do your Colby A profile, and what it describes is not your personality, not your intelligence. It's not a test because you can't fail. What it measures is how you strive, how your mental energy plays out, what you have mental energy for and what you don't. It's fascinating and it's so incredibly accurate. I love accurate profiles. I really don't like not accurate profiles. So the thing I love about Colby is it's so incredibly predictive of people's behavior, what they will actually do. doesn't say how well they'll do it. That's really up to cognitive profiles and it's measured that way. It doesn't say why they'll do it. That's very much driven by values and by personality. But it so accurately describes how people will do things. And since work very much involves how we do things, kind of makes sense to know this. When I learned my Colby profile, which is 3295, which won't mean a thing to you unless you're familiar with Colby. But what that means to me is that my three in fact finder means that I simplify. My two in follow through means that I adapt versus organize. My nine in quick start means that I innovate versus stabilize. And my five in implementer means that I'm very responsive to the need for more tangibility or in fact less. I can bridge that gap. And physically, frankly, I'm kind of good with my hands. I prefer destruction rather than construction, but that's a personal preference when it comes to that. I've had a toolkit since I was 18. I like fixing things. So I found Colby so incredibly insightful because it really validated how I naturally do things. And certainly anytime we work with someone at Strategic Coach or if I embark on working with someone in any other area of my life, I always, always have people do a Colby profile because it gives them more information about themselves and helps me understand how I can better work with them 
I'm a three in fact finder and I'm working with someone with an eight, I know that they need a lot more specifics than I will naturally give them. So I'll work hard to bridge that gap or direct them to someone who does have that information. So it allows me to be in better teamwork with people because I can really appreciate where they're coming from. I don't try and change them, nor do I try and change me, but it means I understand where the similarities are and where the gaps are and how we can bridge those. Now that's Colby. My other one, my other favorite ones are particularly with regard to personality, both StrengthsFinder and DISC. Now StrengthsFinder, if you're not familiar with it, is from the Gallup organization. Fabulous profile, tons and tons, well, let me put it this way, very, very large sample size. And they've come up with a pattern of 34 different strengths and your StrengthsFinder gives you your top five. Very, very useful. And if you pick up my favorite way to get the profile, which is in the book Strengths-Based Leadership, it gives you not only the copy of your profile, but also how that fits into four particular themes, whether or not your strengths lie under strategic thinking, whether or not it lies under influencing, whether or not you have executing strengths, or the fourth category, relationship building. So it's great to see how your strengths play out. And that, again, means when you're working with other people, you can see how, again, you're similar or you're different. Now, DISC is another great profile. It measures how fast-paced or even-paced you are, how task or people-focused you are. And certainly, since I am all fast-paced all the time, if I'm working with someone who is more even-paced, you know, I can dial it down temporarily. Then I need to go back to my normal pace. But it's very useful for me to appreciate that my way is not the only way. And so I love understanding the full picture rather than just how I am the world. So know thyself is my first one, really means that you really know and understand and appreciate how you approach the world, which means you can also appreciate those things for which you don't have mental energy, strengths that you don't have, patience that you don't have, and partner up with people who do. And to do that, you actually have to know how they function as well. To me, it's just fun to learn how other people work. And sometimes I'm like, hmm, I can't imagine being in the world that way. I'm sure they think the same thing about me sometimes. But there's no judgment with that. It just comes from, oh, that's neat. Maybe you could do something then that I can't. Or how can I help you in a way that's something that's uncomfortable for you? So that's a huge part of how teamwork starts is just by really understanding and appreciating your own talents, your strengths, your volitions, how, your again, your personality plays out and that of other people. Now, a couple of other things that are important to this that I've mentioned. One is values. The other is known as cognition, mental horsepower, intellectual capability, lots of other names for it. Our favorite profile for measuring intellect is called Wonderlick, and it's Wonder, W-O-N-D-E-R-L-I-C. So that's easy to find online. So that's a great profile. Very inexpensive, very short to do. Again, huge sample size, very well tested in the marketplace. So that one's a great one just to give you a sense of where people fall on that spectrum. And I've learned actually relatively recently just how important that is. It's something I used to assume everyone was kind of the same. Well, not quite, unfortunately. So that's something that can be another really important indicator for you. Now, values is another area. What's important to people? Is utilitarianism important? Is it important to be socially giving? And again, not a right or wrong, just a difference. And if you probably feel most comfortable with people who have similar values you do, I can appreciate people with other values, 
but I may or may not be involved in a project with them. It's really where they intersect or align. That's really where it works for people. I don't have any one values inventory that I can totally recommend. I've only had experience with a couple of them. But I found when you know what to listen for, it's not that hard to figure out. People reveal themselves in terms of how they spend their time. Do they volunteer a lot? Do they not? Do they like being supervised or not? I did one values inventory very recently where my individualism scale was quite high, which meant that I'd be good in sales or in my own business. And those were kind of the options. (laughs) I'm not managed very well, as a lot of you can relate to. So that's fun to do as well. But know that about yourself. Use the common tools that we have in the form of profiles to really expand your ability to convey how you work. Again, I'm going to say without judgment, so that you can appreciate and be in teamwork with other people. So that's number one know thyself. Number two is to be in constant conversation. Now, you'll notice I did not use the word communication. It's very overused when it comes to teamwork. And frankly, what I've learned from Colby is that sometimes less communication is better. Now, under certain circumstances, that's actually more effective, which may seem surprising. You'll have to delve more into Colby to figure that out. But I do firmly believe and know from my own experience that when we're in constant conversation with other people, They understand what we want. They understand what the relationship is. I know when I work with Nicole, we converse all through the day in terms of big strategic issues, small tactical ones. It doesn't matter. We're always in conversation with one another. And I really appreciate something that I learned from Susan Scott, who is the brilliant author of Fierce Conversations, one of my favorite books on communication. And she has a great quote from the poet David White, which is spelled with a Y, by the way. And he has a line that says, the conversation is the relationship. So if you're someone who naturally is in communication or converses a lot with others, great. And by the way, conversation means it's two-way, not just one way, just to remind you of that part of it. So you're not telling people. You're listening, you're talking, you're reflecting, you're getting a clear understanding. And you're always in communication. And this means that when things are working really, really well, You're acknowledging that and showing gratitude and being appreciative. You're appreciative of other people's strengths. It also means that when things are not working well, that you share that too, that you communicate that too. You may be struggling. You might be frustrated. You're like, guys, I don't know what's going on here. Why are we not getting the result? That's also being in conversation or saying something didn't work for you when someone else did it. That's being in conversation. So that's critical. When you're in constant conversation, people know that they're not going to get isolated working with you or that you're not going to get isolated working with them. So just keeping current with people, letting them know where you're thinking. To some extent, yes, it means being transparent. And there's whole reams of articles written about transparencies and how much is too much or too little. That's a topic for another day. But I've learned that when I am on task and focused and I'm in conversation with the team about that, things work. People know what I think is working. They know what I don't think is working. They absolutely know what I appreciate because that's usually what I feel grateful for and what I think really works in terms of us moving ahead together. So I'm very reinforcing of the things that I know work. It's a huge part of my focus when I'm talking with people. So really staying in constant conversation or constant communication, if that fits better for you, is a huge part of teamwork. You know, opposite of teamwork is really being isolated and people who are isolated don't talk. So again, that's where I want you to come at it from that way. Think about it from that standpoint. Now, when you are in constant conversation, there are two things to make sure you are really, really crystal clear on. And this is the why and the what, also known as the context 
and the result. I work with both team members and entrepreneurs all the time. This is my world. And a lot of people would say, okay, the team members want to hear the why and the what from their entrepreneur. Well, I have to tell you something. As someone who works with a lot of team members, I want to hear that from team members too. If you've ever had someone come up to you and they start kind of in the middle of the story and they want a decision from you and you have absolutely no idea what they're talking about, <laughs> then you can relate to this. So anytime you're talking to anyone, it could be your kid for that matter, your spouse, your business partner, your team member, doesn't matter, anybody, say why you, you know it is that you're doing the project, that you want to know this piece of information, the decision that you're trying to make. Let people know the context so that they can actually fill in the gaps appropriately. If people don't know the context, they get very scared about giving you input because then you'll be making a decision and they don't know on what basis. So context is key. Always give the big picture. Always share exactly what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Then the what is the result. And these two things are really, really important to share together. The result is, what does it look like when it's done and done well? And I have certainly learned this in working with my team and certainly with Bab Smith, who's co-owner of Strategic Coach with Dan Sullivan. And I've gotten so much clearer about saying, okay, this is what I want to have happen and here's why. What do you think? And then she and I can have this fabulous conversation. If I just said, I want this or what do you think about that? Frankly, she doesn't have enough to go on. And so the most productive conversations we have are when I'm clear at the outset about what I'm doing <laughs> and why, and why I want her input or the thing I'm not clear about that I want to bounce off of her. And that's really, really powerful. So that's how I work with her. And she works the same way with me. And if I work with team members sometimes who, who just come in and just need a decision, I'm like, okay, why are we doing this? And what does it look like if it's done and done well? And those two questions really help people get clear so they can get out of their own head so I can actually understand what they're looking for and then I can be of help. I can be of use. That's really, really important. So in those constant conversations, always make sure you're clear on the context, the why, and the result you're looking for, which is the what. And it could be something like you want a great place to go for lunch, all the way up to you want to increase your company's results 26% for the next year doesn't matter. <laughs> Same process works no matter how small or how large the goal is. Number four, and this could clearly be my value system. I hope it's yours. These are the people with whom I want to be in teamwork. And number four is to be real. Lots of words around this. Authentic, genuine, honest, countable, with integrity. Genuine is the one that really speaks to me. And I'm, I'm so passionate about people being real with themselves, first of all, and then with me. Now, what I like about being real, by the way, it's why I love, love, love working with entrepreneurs more than anyone else, because they don't often feel the need to put up a pretense. They are who they are. <laughs> what you see is what you get. And that's always how I function in the world. I'm a lousy, lousy liar because it takes way too much work. I have to remember stuff. It's like, mm, no, not going to happen. Being real is so much easier. I'll have to remember is what I think happened. So that's really important. It does not mean you always have to be happy. It does not mean you always have to be in your best mood or cheerful. I love it when people come in and say, I have to tell you, got up on the wrong side of the bed. So far, it's been a crappy day. Not in a good mood right now. I'm like, okay, anything I can do to help? Do I take it personally or get mad? No. What I don't like is if someone's clearly got something going on, but they're faking it. 
that makes me nervous. I get very edgy where I'm like, mm, something's going on. How their body language is, the energy they're putting off is in contrast to their face, to their tone of voice. Something is off. And frankly, as human beings, we can pick it up in a second. Now, some people may think they're very, very good at faking it. And perhaps you are. And some people are less tuned into picking it up. But at some level, there's a disconnect. At some level, there's a lack of transparency, and it makes people a little bit edgy. So I found that being real with myself and being real with others, even if it's not, frankly, my best day, or if I'm not being my best self, is still how I get the best results. Why? Because people can count on me to be genuine. They know that if things are going well, they'll know that. If things aren't going well, they'll probably know that too. If I'm confused or conflicted about something, fairly open with that. If things are going great, love sharing that too. I don't feel the need to be a particular way other than myself. There's enormous, enormous freedom in that. I want that freedom for me. I also want that freedom for everyone I'm in teamwork with. So I'm very, very clear on that, which actually ties back to number one, know thyself. Do I want someone working against their grain, doing a role for which their Colby profile says they're not suited or their personality is not suited? No, because then they have to fake it every single day. That's painful to watch. It's painful to be around and certainly painful to be that person. So again, these things tie together. They're not independent. They're really interdependent. So being real for me is critical. And I, I've noticed myself that I choose to spend time with people who are real. I value people who are real and people who aren't just kind of don't really make it on my radar screen for very long. So again, you can decide whether or not that's a value for you. But certainly with teamwork, given that I want to work with people over a long period of time, I want us to be really successful together. I want us all to expand and increase our capabilities and our rewards as a result of that. Being real is a very, very essential part of it. Now, the last one is to be open. Now, being open means you're open to growth, you're open to change, you're open to different points of view and ways of doing things. You are coachable. Being coachable is really important. As a coach, it's very important for me to be coachable. Now, I can be very clear based on my experience about how certain things I think should be done, but I do need to always be receptive to other people's experience. I have one perspective. I have one take on the situation, and I need to always remember to listen, to pay attention to someone else's perception. They may have talked to other people. If it was an event, for example, they may have seen other things going on. I need to be inclusive of that. I think there's a massive, massive danger, especially for people who are used to having a lot of power, a lot of control over long periods of time, that if we don't get feedback from the world, we turn into people that are not much fun to be with and where teamwork, frankly, is next to impossible. So being open is critical to effective teamwork because if you're not willing to listen or be open to other people whose talents and perspectives are different, then you're on your own. That's not teamwork. So being open really means that, again, being receptive to other people, other perspectives is absolutely vital to being a successful team member or someone who's available to be in teamwork with. People who are rigid, they end up being isolated. There's no teamwork there. There's minions, but there's no real teamwork. So that is absolutely vital. We've just recently had an experience of working with someone who is less than open to input. And again, I can see how it's happened. There's sort of a calcification that happens with someone in, in that role. And there's really no teamwork there. It's not fun to be in teamwork with that person. So 
again, this whole picture is one where you want to look at certainly the values that I'm talking about here, the things to do, and also the contrast. So if you don't know yourself, are not in constant conversation, if you don't give the context and the clear result that you want, if you're inauthentic and not open, that's pretty much a recipe for really bad or non-existent teamwork. So often by looking at the opposite, can you see the value in what I've just talked about? So I hope these five tips for top-notch teamwork resonate with you. I hope you can check off the list of where you're doing really, really well. I like to look at what's working and what's working now and then what's the next improvement idea. I know that for me, I can always know myself better. I can always be in more constant conversation. I can always be clear about the why and the what because what's clear in my mind does not necessarily translate to someone else's. Being real is also often a work in progress and being open, yep, I have to work on that too. So even though I consider myself pretty skilled or pretty capable in these areas, I still know that there's always room for improvement. But given that I love teamwork, I'm passionate about it, that is a journey that I'm very, very happy to be on, and I hope you are too. So thanks very much for listening. Any questions or comments, please let us know. would love to know your input. Any additional ones that you can think of or any contrasting opinions, I also love to hear those. Please let me know at questionsastrategiccoach.com. Thank you very much for listening. And as always, here's to your team's success. Hi, Shannon here, and thank you very much for listening. If you like what you heard today, please take a moment to rate the Team Success Podcast on iTunes. And we'd love it if you'd share the podcast with anyone else who could benefit. If you're interested in learning more about the Strategic Coach Program for Entrepreneurs, visit us at strategiccoach.com or the Strategic Coach channel on YouTube. For free downloads and more team success strategies, visit teamsuccesshandbook.com.